Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. All right, praise the Lord. Well, we've we've been doing this series, like Stephen said this morning, called Roar, Roar. And, and, uh, you know, I've been preaching for a long time, over 30 years, you know. And I would say this, that, that over 30 years, I've preached many times on the power of words and the power of confession. And, you know, the thing is, is that, that you can preach these things many times, but when you're walking with God, he'll make them fresh to you every time you do it. And the freshness that, that God was given me this, this time as we have approached this all-important series is this, that there's power in words, but the kind of words that will move mountains are the words where you and I t- uh, hook our tongue up to our spirit, okay? It's speaking words from our heart that get the mountains moved in life, okay? Really, that's what Jesus said to us in Mark eleven twenty three. We could read it, we could quote it, and, and we have done that, but really the essence of what Jesus said is that if a person here on the earth could hook their tongue up to their heart, nothing would be impossible. You could move any mountain, any challenge. You know, you and I can change by the power of our words. Words have power even over our own lives. You know, don't be limited in your life. Don't be limited by who you are today. Don't be limited by your past. Don't let the past define you. Let God define you. And the, the way you get, you know, the God stuff going in your life is to get this stuff in your heart, get God's words in your heart, and then don't just keep them in your heart, but from those places in your heart, declare them with your mouth. Really, you know, there's a couple ways I'm seeing confession. You know, and that's what I'm, I call this. Speaking these words of faith is like a confession of faith. And there's the kind of confession that we do when we're in the midst of crises. Okay? We'll talk a little more about that in a few minutes. But then there's also, you know, before the crises come, in the day-to-day life, this is where we need to do, is we need to get into the habit of declaring the truth over our life daily. Even when there's no pressure coming at us from the outside, we begin to say what God says about us. We begin to look in the Bible. As you study in the Bible, let it be your quest to find out what the Bible says about you. Let it be your quest to find out what the Bible, what God says about you. Let me clarify it even more. Let, me, let, let it be your quest to find out what the Bible says about who you are in Christ. In Christ. You look a whole lot better in Christ than you do out of Christ. Me too. All right? Have you seen yourself lately? Have you seen yourself? Have you looked at yourself lately? Well, look in the Bible and see who you are in Christ. And let that be the declaration that you make over your life on a daily basis. I mean, over the years, Dana and I have made up declarations, and we've just said them. I, I, and I'll get in trouble if I start trying to. I used to do that with the kids on the way to school. We made up declarations. I know there's at least two of them that spanned three, four years each that we made up. You know, the first one was about the fruit of the Spirit, 
Because frankly, as a parent, I wanted my kids to have the good fruit coming out, you know, and that kind of thing. But then as we went on, we began to develop one about victory and how to go down. It says, I'm a child of the Most High God. Jesus Christ is my Lord. He's the greater one, and He lives in me. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and, and, and the Word of God in my mouth. Come on, Kara. Say it with me. <laughs> How'd it go? <laughs> I put on the, 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 how'd it go? Oh, yeah. I believe I'm always divinely led. I believe I always take the right turn in the road. God always makes a way for me. I believe I'm always in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. All right. Oh, she used to believe in that she's received the anointing to stand in the office that God's called her to stand in. Well, you know, that's, that's another one. I tell you what, we've, we've had so many over the years that we just make them a, 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 a confession of who we are. And we say these things because we're declaring what God says about us. And it brings life to us. And, and, and you know, as, as, as crises come in life, I'm telling you, what you've been saying up to that point, it'll start to come out. It'll come out. And that's when it really counts. It really makes a difference. Um, in Proverbs 16, 23... There's a tremendous bit of wisdom here. Proverbs 16, 23. The Holy Ghost inspired, you know, the writer of Proverbs to write this down. And, and I believe he wrote it down just for us here today. You know? It wasn't for, you know, my grandparents. It was for them, but it's for me. It's for me. It wasn't just for them. It's for me. And it's for you today. Proverbs 16, 23, it goes like this. It says, that the heart of the wise will teach his mouth and add learning to his lips. The heart of the wise will teach his mouth and add learning to his lips. You know, if we're going to be wise, and I believe we all want to walk in wisdom, what would be the opposite of wise? It would be a fool. Does anybody in here want to be a fool? I, I get them down. I don't want to be a fool. I want to be wise. And I believe God is helping all of us to rise up in life and, and, and walk in wisdom and apply it. None of us have arrived. None of us are just like, oh, I'm the all wise one. No, you know, that isn't the case, but we're learning. And as you learn to walk by the Spirit and walk by the Word, that's applying wisdom to your life. But here in Proverbs, it says that the heart of the wise is going to Teach his mouth. Teach his mouth. What does that mean? Is that like a baby that, you know, parents will teach their babies how to talk, you know, and, and all that? Well, that's not really what he's saying. He's saying that us as individuals, we probably already know a known language, but we can't let our mouths just go wild. You can't let your mouth say anything it wants to say. Your mouth needs to be taught what to say. Your mouth needs to begin to declare truth over your life. Me too. I'm learning these things. I'm learning these things. In, in uh, the book of Luke, in, in verse chapter 6, verse 45, he said this. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart will bring forth that which is good. And then he gives the flip. He says, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart will bring forth 
that which is evil because it's like this. He says, and Jesus is saying this stuff. He says, because it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth will speak. Proverbs said you need to teach your mouth how to talk, how to speak. You know, there's really two languages in the earth today. Some of you thought there was many more. There's French and German and, you know, Swahili, I think, you know, and a bunch of different languages. But really, there's really only two languages in the earth today. There's death and there's life. There's death and there's life. In the book of Proverbs, again, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it, you know, will eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are, there, are the two languages in the earth today. When I got born again, back in the 70s, all I knew to talk was death. All I knew to talk was the problem. All I knew to talk was the weather. And glory to God, the sun is shining. I got it, Stephen. I got it. Sun is shining. You know, there's all kinds of things we can say in life, but we need to be wise. And we need to teach our mouths what to say. What to say. And it's in, it's in the daily declaring of who we are that will cause us to rise up when troubles come and make that declaration that, that gets us through. Praise the Lord. All right. Hallelujah. E.W. Kenyon said it this way. He said, our confession builds the mighty roads over which faith hauls its mighty cargo. Our confession, our words of faith, our declaring, hooking our tongue up to our heart is what builds the mighty roads over which faith hauls its mighty cargo. Mighty cargo. Have a declaration of faith. Have something that you declare about your life. Speak what God says about you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Huh? I want to get to this. Turn over to James 3. James 3. I want to go here today. We've had a lot packed into the service today. It's good stuff. I like it. I like it. I want my tongue to learn to declare Jesus everywhere, you know? Declare the love of God everywhere I go. You know, does that mean, you know, let's bring this into reality. Does that mean I walk into Quick Trip and, and all I say is, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus loves you, start singing. No, I'm not talking about, you know, being some weird thing, you know? But I'm talking about letting there be a filter. Letting there be a filter. The things I say are filtered with the love of God. The things I say are filtered by the finished work of Christ. You know? It isn't going to leave us much more to say, huh? No. <laughs> no, but, but, but it's, like, like, it's like it's not everything I say is, 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 is about Jesus and, and what he did, but everything I say is going to run through that filter. Does that make sense? James 3. Reading in there, let's see, we're going to pick it up in like verse 2. You know, the whole book of James is great. I love that. You know, it's one, one of my favorite books. I have a few. But James, you know, uh, was written by a pastor. Most people agree that James is the half-brother of, of Jesus, okay? And, and he was a pastor. And that, that tells me a whole lot about, 
you know, what James is sharing here. And, and many times James has been referred to as the Proverbs of the New Testament because what he's doing is giving some practical information for living in this planet that we live in. That's what what's a J, Pastor James would do, you know. He, he was giving people words of wisdom for life, you know. He was dealing with the, the day in, the day out things that people go through, and, and he was expressing some paths of life that we can live by and, and walk by. So here in James chapter 3, verse 2, it says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle his whole body. I mean, that, that's a pretty heavy one. If you don't offend in word, man, perfect, mature. In verse 3, it goes on. He's going to describe a couple things here. In verse 3, it says, We put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us. That they, we turn them about their, their whole body by this bit that's in their mouth. Then in verse 4, it says, Behold, also ships, which, though they be so great, they're driven with fierce winds, yet they're turned about with a very small helm or a rudder wherever the, the captain desires to go, basically is what it says. I'm changing the King James a few, few words there that I felt were a bit over my head. <laughs> so basically, you know, you got the captain. He's steering the ship, you know. You remember how it was on the SS Minnow? But no, not that one. Another one, but you know how it is on a ship that, that, that the captain, you know, he, he, he can desire, wherever he desires that ship to go, he can make it go there by simply turning, you know, the rudder, applying pressure to the rudder. You know, I remember one time I was with a buddy of mine, Ace Eastman, and we were out on a sailboat that he had on some lake in Minneapolis. And I remember my job was to steer the rudder. And it wasn't even very windy that day, but I took my responsibility serious. I was holding that rudder, and I had power. I had power. I had been given great power by being in charge of that rudder. Because if I wanted to go one way, I just turned the rudder, and we'd. How many know when you're in a ship, and you turn the rudder? You know, it doesn't go like this. You're walking along. You know, this is my ship sailing. You know, notice how he's sailing. All of a sudden, the captain turns the rudder and the ship goes, no, that isn't how it happens. How many know this, though, that when you're in a ship or even a boat and you turn the rudder, you apply pressure to the rudder that over time when you hold that rudder in a position, it changes the course of the ship. I mean, if you just turned it automatically, you'd probably tip the ship over and I would fall out. You know, I mean, that's how it would be. I'd be all wet. But what happens is you turn the rudder, and by holding the rudder in place, even against the elements, that pressure on the rudder will eventually turn the ship in the direction you want to go. James said this. He said, you know, the tongue is like this, guys. You know, he's talking. He's, he's the pastor talking to the church. He says, listen, guys, you're living life like we all are. And here's some wisdom from heaven that'll help you rise up, that'll help you be victorious. One, your tongue. You know, it's like the bit on a horse. You know, again, I'm not a master horseman. I should learn someday how to be a better horseman. But, but I know this much, that you apply the, you pull on the bit, it applies pressure on the tongue. And even though it's a little thing, it can turn the whole body of a horse around and make it go the direction that you want it to go. And the same with the ship. And then James goes on. I'm going to keep reading. It says, so the tongue in verse 5 
is a little member, and it boasts great things. And behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. And, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, and so is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body. Now, he's, James is bringing up the negative things that the tongue can do here. He says, man, you can get so messed up just by your tongue. He says it can defile your whole body and set on fire the course of nature. And he says, and it is set on fire of hell. Wow, James, did he say that? Huh, yeah, he said that. Here's the thing. Three things he talks about comparing it to the tongue. One is the tongue is like the bit in a horse's mouth. I'm glad he used a horse because horses, some, you know, I love horses. And I've ridden a few times. My brother used to have horses when I was teenager and he'd take me out right he had the big Arabians you know and you know I said this first service I somehow I always picked the horse you know and I know it wasn't the horse but I'd pick the one that would just run from the pack and go the opposite direction full speed and my brother had a roommate that was riding one time and the horse took off the opposite way you know just like it had with me but he ran for the barn and the roommate forgot to duck then we had to pick them up off the, off the ground. But, but anyway, you know, when I would be in those situations with my brother, you know, my older brother, he, he would say, Paul, take the reins. Pull on the, pull on the bit. You know, bring that horse into subjection. And even a big horse, what, what's, what is it about horses? What's different between a horse and a ship? Well, a ship is made out of wood or metal you know, or, or pieces of something, mud, I don't know. But, but, but it's, it's man-made. But a horse, a horse is a real being. They have feelings. They have minds of their own. They have emotions. They can be moved by things around them, you know. That's why they sometimes put blinders on horses. But, but you know, because of the outside influences. But, but horses are a living, living, breathing thing. They have minds. They have thoughts. You know, just like me, they have thoughts. They may not have the same thoughts, but they have thoughts of some kind. And, and, and James said that even though a horse who's living, breathing, has thoughts and emotions and feelings and can be high-spirited, some horses are high-spirited. You know, they want to go, huh, and jump and do all these things. But even though they have all those things, you can put a bit and you can put pressure on their tongue. And the pressure on that tongue can control that horse and make its body do whatever you want it to do. Do you know your tongue can, can change you? It can change your desires. Your tongue can change, you know, you. It can change your body. Your tongue can change your body. Don't be fed up and, and put up with things as they are, but find out again what God says and put your tongue on it. Put your tongue to it. Make it do its duty. James said your tongue has the ability to, to cause a horse. You know, a bit can cause a horse to change, and your tongue can change your body. Then he went on to ships. What's, you know, again, horses and ships, they're different. What kind of obstacles are, 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 do a, does a ship face that maybe a horse wouldn't? Well, probably not in the middle of the ocean. You know, horses probably aren't swimming out there. But a ship could be in the middle of the ocean, 
Ships are big too. Remember when we were in Haiti? We saw ships that were gigantic sitting there at the port. Ships so big that they held uh, semi-trailers in them. You know, not just one, but many. You know, and semis are big. Semis are big things. But a ship can be so big that it actually holds semis. But James said that the rudder of a ship can change the course of that ship. Now, ships, what they face may not be as much emotional, but they can face things out there that are beyond our control. Things like the weather. You know, a ship could be out at sea, and the winds could pick up, and the waves could pick up, and, and the rain could come and blow against the ship. But even in the midst of all that, by steadily holding on to the rudder, and keeping the pressure on it in the direction you want to go, you can cause that ship to go where you desire it to go. James said, that's what your tongue is like, guys. That's what your tongue is like. Then he goes on to this thing, you know, I'll just say in my words. He talks about, have you ever felt like life was ablaze? Have you ever felt like, man, it's just like everything has gone up in, in smoke or the, everything is blazing around me. It's like I'm in the middle of a forest fire. I remember, you know, when I was a teenager, I lived, lived on my own and had some roommates and stuff, and our garage burned down. And uh, when that happened, there was an investigation that went on after the fire. And I don't know who, who it might have been the fire marshal or somebody, they came out, but they inspected things. And they looked to see why did this garage burn down. I'm sure it was insurance purposes. And, and uh, when they got all done and wrote the report up, what they said is the way this garage burned down is lightning struck the, the uh, electrical panel on this corner and it caused the fire. That's what they said. That's what they determined. Well, when life is ablaze, and it seems like if your life was a forest, like the forest is on fire, when the inspection comes in and, and pushes through the ash to find out why this has erupted, James says the problem is with the tongue. The problems that we've faced in life have been tongue problems. We've said wrong things. We've spoken wrong words. Well, you know what? The good news is this. Thank God the Holy Ghost works with us. Thank God wherever any of us are. You know, if life were, were about me being perfect, goodness, I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. You know? I couldn't handle it. I'm not perfect. Don't even ask Dana. I'll tell you. I am not perfect. It's not about you and I being perfect. It's all about Jesus who was perfect. And what I'm working at, you're, are you guys working at things in life? I'm working at lining my tongue up with Jesus. I'm working at having my tongue express what's on the inside of me. You see, that's where there's power. Sometimes I have said things, you know, and it's obvious to see that I've got myself in trouble by words. Now, don't raise your hands, but how many of you have ever been on a Sunday morning when you found me digging a ditch? You say, how is he ever going to get out of that ditch? <laughs> how did I get in that ditch, Stephen? Come on, huh? Help me. But, I mean, life can be like that, you know? But thank God he'll get us out. Thank God he can help us train our tongues. Thank God we, you know, he can help us speak the words, declare. You know, you have authority just because you live here on planet Earth. You have authority when it comes to the mountains that are staring you in the face. You have authority and you've been given power, and I've been given power too. And the power is this, hooking our tongue up 
with our hearts, hooking our tongue up with our spirits, and declaring the truth about ourselves, about life, about things that don't look the, like they, sh they should be in our life. What I mean, like sickness comes. Sickness comes and knocks on our door and tries to grip us. I'm telling you what, don't allow sickness to control your tongue. Don't allow the weather to control your tongue. Let the Word declare it. Let the Word control it. Train your tongue. Train your tongue to speak out of your heart. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.